0: in this week's roundup la liga gets tighter at the top city right the ship against brighton labor queues and continue to keep iron at bay and the mess in amsterdam comes to a head all this plus so much more full-time roundup starts right now welcome to another episode of the full-time roundup of virtual roundup today matt gesslin with you as always here joined once again by our aficionado of enjoying life Daniel Brackett Daniel tell the people where you were once again this weekend I know it's been just every weekend it feels like you're out of town and once again you stepped it up and you took it to took the show on the road as they say I certainly did that
1: uh good to see you mad and I happened to go to Charleston South Carolina my first time going um, so that that was cross something off the bucket list there and still good weather is around 65 75 all weekend so can't really complain about that and burn the candle at both ends so uh still still catching up on sleep but uh was able to catch most of the matches and and i'm glad to be here
0: today well of course charleston is one of the best cities in the u.s if you haven't been uh highly recommend like you mentioned that was your first time going so again if you can get there check it out one of the best food scenes one of the best bar scenes, just great cities, old classic cities of the U S of course, you know, it's just like one of our favorite leagues that we talk about the best of the best, the premier league, Daniel Uh, highly recommend that as well. If you haven't been to a match, try and get there for that, but maybe not for a Manchester city game of late, but they did get back to their winning ways this weekend against Brighton, a big performance looked pretty ugly at the start there, Daniel for Brighton after a quick goal. Uh, six minutes in, and then another one from Erling Holland just before the 20-minute mark. But Brighton and Deserby Ball settled in before half. Uh, thoughts on this one? And, of course, there's some bigger implications here as well that happened later in the game that we'll get to. But just your your overall thoughts of City getting back to their winning ways. Yeah, well, I mean, I thought City was going to thump Brighton. And uh, after
1: uh, a quick 2-0, we were thinking, well, Adila put up, what, sixth? And... <laughs> this could get really ugly really fast like uh, I mean shout out to Brian they kind of responded well and they they committed to the the their style of play and, and didn't back down and were able to grab a goal back uh, with uh, Ansu Fati. so a hey, 2-1 game. Still a decent game. I I thought it would be a little bit more chaotic, but you know how City just liked to keep possession, kind of strangled the the life out of this match. But uh, and then the Akonji late red card did make it interesting. So and you know with with the injury crisis at City, some some players getting back like Rodri and KDB is back in training, but now uh, Akonji will miss next match uh with the suspension.
0: Yeah, thoughts on that. Uh, you mentioned the suspension, of course. Sakonji getting that red card late in the 90th minute. Uh, you know, we saw 90 plus five, actually. So almost at the at the final whistle. Did make for an interesting final minutes there for for, for Manchester City, Brighton almost getting one and, and equalizing. But we talked about how important Rodri was when he was gone those three games. I don't feel, and I, I don't want to speak for you, so obviously feel free to to chime in otherwise, but I don't feel like the Sakonji red card will have as much of an impact as, as Rodri, but uh, you know, it's a big loss. You mentioned some of those players that are hurt. Of course, John stone's coming back as well, but he wasn't full, full fitness. Kevin De Bruyne, you also alluded to did see him at the UFC fight, um, even though he was, uh, you know, getting back into form, but uh, still a little ways away, but an interesting time for city, but they do write the ship. They have champions league football on the horizon on Wednesday. Uh, That's going to be a big one for them, but uh, any thoughts on, you know, any implications, I guess, or do you feel comfortable with the depth that they have at the back line? Yeah, I was actually taking a look at the uh, squad
1: as we speak. So I actually don't think Katie beans back in training. So I'm going to walk that statement back real fast. But uh, yeah, I mean, Diaz and Ake came off the bench. So they have Sergio Gomez at left back. Um, So I'm not really worried that much. And and City kind of right in the strip, like you said. So uh, I guess, I mean, Good to see if you're a Pep Guardiola and uh I mean you're still kind of fighting for that
0: top spot. Yeah you mentioned the top spot. Of course we started with arguably the bigger game of the of the weekend between two teams that we're very high on but there is a new team atop the table. The the tie there has been broken between City and Arsenal and that is Spurs Daniel who literally just wrapped up as we were recording this a two-nil win over Fulham uh Yunming Sun with the opener in the 36th minute and then uh James Madison with the second and the 55th minute. Uh, boy, are they a duo and can Spurs continue this, this dominance uh, at the top? And of course there are two points clear now of both city and their North London are rivals in Arsenal.
1: It's looking like it. And in last year and in the year before, there was a lot of talk about are Harry Kane and, and son, the best duo um, that the premier league seen in, in a decade or so. And, And James and Harry Kane, you know, went to, went to Byron and and, uh, Madison came from a relegation, relegated bound uh, Leicester and, and they both hit the ground running, have a great understanding between the two of them. And, and if they can keep those two happy um, and then add some goals from, from some other players like Richarlison or Kulisevsky, then I, I do think they, they will maintain top four. I just don't think they'll win the premier league.
0: Yeah, I don't think they'll win it either. They did get a clean sheet today, which has been uh, one of their nemesis or, or Achilles heels, as it were, with, especially with the way that uh, Big Ange wants to play more aggressive front forward football. Uh, of course, again, playing a team like Fulham, you would expect them to have a little bit more possession, more dominance, and they do get that clean sheet. You You mentioned not necessarily – having them winning the league, I, I would agree with you. I think they just have a little bit of ways to go. There's too many teams in front of them or now, I guess, behind them. They have a little bit more power, uh, firepower that, you know, mentioned Man City. We'll we'll get to your Liverpool here in a second. We, we will also get to Arsenal and their match against Chelsea, which was a big one over the weekend too. But uh, I'm with you. I think, you know, a strong start for Ange, a big Ange and, and Spurs uh, on the right track. I just think, you know, uh, as they get up to the, the tougher competition, that's going to be a little bit more of a challenge. You look at Richarlison, who, again, was pretty quiet today. Where does he play on the pitch for them? If, if Ming Sun and James Madison aren't going at, at 100 miles per hour, do they have enough to, to compete? Uh, it's a good story. Um, it's, a, it's a really nice uh, opening half of the se- quarter of the season. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. But uh, so far, uh, the biggest story is Spurs atop the table in the Premier League. I don't think most people would have seen that coming in. A team that uh, was high on the radar going in, though, Daniel. I mentioned them earlier. is your Liverpool had a big Merseyside derby. First game out of the out of the gate on the weekend, Saturday morning, 7:30 kick. Of course, Jurgen Klopp probably complaining still about that. But you guys get it done. Three big three points against. Uh, I would say starting to become a lowly rival. I know it's a it's still a big rivalry, but. Uh, Everton have not really given you guys much of a competition in the last couple, maybe almost decade at this point, it feels like.
1: Yeah, but, I mean, derbies are derbies, and you throw the record books out uh, when it comes to these kind of games. And and most of the time, they do play as tight. And they did get a, a red card in the 37th minute, I believe. Uh, Ashley Young, veteran player, can't believe that he went in for that challenge there. And, and Luis Diaz, not only uh, – Gets Ashley Young sent off, but he draws the the penalty on the handball uh, later in the game. And I mean, it, it was zero zero to like the seventy fifth, seventy seventh minute. So, uh, I mean, credit to Everton, they they stayed compact and and played that Deitch way of football. And it maybe if it was eleven to, the eleven, it'd be a bit different. But uh, you know, Liverpool gets the three points uh, most of all with with a penalty and then and then a late goal off a off a counter attack in the 96th minute. So. Uh, this is exactly what you needed, no injuries, uh, which is a plus as, you know, Robertson on the international break hurt his shoulder. So he's out for an extended period. So, the I mean, game coming up on Thursday. So I think we'll be all right, but this was kind of what I expected.
0: Yeah, and not in a bad position for you guys as well. Three points out of the top spot, uh, currently sitting fourth. But again, everyone everything's pretty tight right now. First through fourth is separated by three points total. So, uh, you know, you got kind of to feel pretty good at this point. I know uh, you've mentioned to me, I've kind of downplayed it a little bit, how strong your squad has been. Uh, they do look really strong right now. I think arguably of the top four, uh, Takeaway, Erling Holland aside, uh, you guys have the most firepower. Um, you know, with what you have available up front, with Derwin Nunez and Diego Jota. Of course, you mentioned Salah and his absolute stellar form of late. Uh, you know, we're not even talking about Gakpo and all the other guys you have available off the bench too. So, uh, gotta feel pretty strong and feel good right now. Of course, long way to go. Uh, like I said, we're at the quarter quarter pole mark right now at the of the season, but uh, good position for for Liverpool especially with uh, European contests as well, like you mentioned on Thursday ahead of them.
1: Yeah, and I, I also haven't mentioned this, but uh, I think, I believe this was the first game that Gravenberg, Stilberschlein, and McAllister all started together. Um, so that was good to see, and, and, and they look good. And this is uh, Tiago Liverpool still. so, I mean, if he can finally get fit, then uh, I'm going to like our chances um, against kind of the, the big dogs in the premier league so a lot of positives to draw from but can't wait been waiting all weekend to talk to you about this game a london derby arsenal versus chelsea chelsea go up two and then concede two later in the second half matt are you positive are you upset kind of where
0: where the where the vibes at Kind of neutral. Um, I think if we're being honest, you you never want to drop points, especially when you're up 2-0 in the 75th minute at home. I'm making the case where it should have been a win and I should be really upset right now. But uh, Arsenal are a title contender. We, we clearly are not there yet. Um, you love to see kind of the momentum that we've built You know, up to, to 10th now. That's not saying much, but from where we were in the projections of of the, you know, the amount of points that we were supposed to get in these this run of games. Um, I think it's a good progress. I think the, the team is the momentum is going in the right direction. Again, you can see what what poach is trying to build and the way he's trying to play this squad together. Now you can't have a moment like robert robert sanchez had and it completely changed the entire dynamic of the game he's been poor all season to be completely honest you know from my perspective just not what you expect from a number one keeper but of course 75th minute we're moving along at home you know sloppy weather we got the two goals exact what you want and he plays a silly ball out of the back and declan rice smartly and and you know great Testament and finished by him puts the ball in the back of the net two one completely changes the dynamic of the game and then of course Arsenal all of a sudden now have have life have momentum they're on the front foot they get that equalizer and really could have probably maybe gotten the winner late um, so we almost kind of squeak out of there with 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 the point but uh, again you know that's that's four games in a row uh, with points and the result um, you know, three wins and a draw. So again, you know, a lot of, a lot of positives. We have Brentford next, who will be a tough com- opponent, but they've dropped a little bit from their form the last couple of seasons. So, you know, for me, I think we're, we're right where we're expected. I said seventh or, you know, between seventh and 10th at the beginning of the season. I know I said six more late, more recently. I still think that's an outside chance, but, um, you know, if we, if we get seventh through 10 and then we, we make a fight for, for six or fifth, I think that's a good season. Um, and I am excited where we are. I think there's a lot of good pieces still still a lot of injuries talk about injuries We've you know, we've been be able to battle and deal with those, but um, you know, it's it's a work in progress And I like where we are of course from arsenal's perspective, you know, you go into this and You're thinking oh, let's let's take advantage of a of a lower, you know Chelsea with how they're playing and then the form that they've been in and Uh, they drop points in a, in a really hot and tested can title race so it'll be interesting to see long-term Um, how, how those points that are dropped by Arsenal impact the race. Of course, you know, we had a a draw earlier on the season too. Could those points that you guys lost against us be, you know, a a, a key factor. Every point matters in this league as we've seen over the past couple of seasons. So it'll be an interesting one, but uh, as a Chelsea supporter, uh, I'm not going to be too, too upset about that result.
1: Yeah. And I think that's a fair take. And if I'm a Chelsea supporter, um i'd be pretty frustrated not just with robert sanchez but you know you're up to oh you're kind of in cruise control the last thing you want to do is kind of try to take chances um i i get i get you know committing to a style of play kind of like brighton does um but no why don't beat yourself so, there's a
0: time and a place right there's a time and a place for yeah. things in that case there was no need and pochettino said it after the match too wasn't really throwing Sanchez under the bus, but made, made the obvious statement. It's a, it's a game at the 75th minute clear that long. We'll, we'll take the, you know, we'll take what's next. We'll, we'll, you know, we'll get in our defensive positions and, and reset, but to give them the gift um, that really changed the flow and the, the, you know, the outcome of the game, you, you really can look at one moment in that one. Uh, and that's what it was. And that's not the first time he's had a, a blunder in the back um coming out of the back passing it and uh you just hope that long term there's a plan for for a keeper because it's an important position but uh in this instance you know battle for two keepers arsenal had their issues with with raya as well and the way he played that mudrick goal of course all that that noise with ramsdale and how arteta is going to handle that situation so uh you know blunders of keepers in this one i guess is kind of the the top line story you can take out of it but again an interesting and and a really um you know, a great dynamic, a great, great kind of setup for the rest of the season for both teams. Another kind of area that, you know, we can dive into Daniel, is some of those um, sleeper teams or, or teams that are battling for that, you know, that spot that I mentioned from a Chelsea perspective of sixth or seventh, uh, you know, Aston Villa, who took on a, a really good David Moyes West Ham team this weekend. And boy, did Aston Villa just put the hammer down and they kind of made mincemeat of West Ham in the end of it, didn't they?
1: They absolutely did. And I've been very high on, on Aston Villa all year. And, uh, I absolutely love Unai Emery and, uh, this is his 11th straight win at home when it comes to, to Villa and and they sit fourth, I believe they sit fourth now. So, Hey, I mean, we, we were kind of talking about this in the preview and, and we weren't sure how this was going to go. I think we both, I think I said draw and you said Villa to win, but, uh, I mean I did not expect him to win in this fashion. Um Douglas Luis with with two goals and Ollie Watkins continues to shine. And uh will he be at Villa for, for longer than than the season or longer than January? We will see. Um, but yeah, no, if I'm if I'm a Villa fan, I'm I'm absolutely soaking this win in. And uh I'm really, you know, hoping to make a run in in the Europa Conference League and and get top four uh, in the
0: Premier League yeah you mentioned ollie Watkins. what an absolute rise he's had from you know uh kind of a journey bin and now all of a sudden going to be a really top player and not only in the premier league but potentially where he goes next of course started at brentford before they were in the premier league and now um, you know, shining at Aston Villa. You mentioned is he going to be on the move? I think it, there's a lot of teams that are interested in him. He's a goal scorer that's starting to find form. Uh, of course, we've seen the price tag for some of those players. It'll be interesting. Of course, you mentioned Villa move up the table. They they are right behind that top four and fifth. Uh, point back from you guys, uh, but West Ham who've been you know, kind of battling all all season right there. Of course, they have European football. They gave Newcastle a match. Uh, they dropped down into ninth, Daniel. Any concern from David Moyes' team, or is this kind of what we expected from them, up and down, not really sure what they're going to be, uh, more of that, you know, really true upper mid-table team, or, or do they have a run in them with the talent that they have on that squad to really push for fifth or sixth place obviously we just saw what happened when they played the team that was fighting for fifth but you know again long season ahead but what's the outlook for them I got talent no doubt about that but uh I mean
1: Milly has refused to start Mo Kudus um which is kind of a puzzling one he's kind of been uh their best player other than maybe James Ward-Prowse and and um Baketa. but if if you have you know Kudus on the on the wing and and James Ward-Prowse, Edson Alvarez and um Paquete in the middle and then you know Michelle Antonio up top. That's a pretty solid top like five attack. So I think uh, around top I don't know say top a uh, top 10 probably outside the top 6 with European football but I I, th- I still think they're a good team and and they give good teams trouble most of the time. That's why I was I think this is more of an outlier uh and more you know it's an away game against a great coach. So I'm not pushing the panic button on West Ham yet, um,
0: but they are kind of a yo-yo team, and you, and you don't know what West Ham you're going to get. Definitely agree with that. You don't know what you're going to get. I think also you have to keep an eye out for them in, in Europa, though, and, and something that they're always you know keen on and, and bringing a trophy. They did obviously bring – one last year in uh, the conference Europa, Europa Conference League. But uh, of course, they're continuing to be strong on the on two fronts at both the Premier League and the Europa League. Another team that has two fronts, Daniel, but is is continuing to find form. I think um, we talked about that match being kind of a spring for, springboard for them uh, is, is Newcastle. Uh, and of course, I was referencing that PSG match a couple weeks ago in the Champions League. They all they've done is is continue to score goals. And win games. Of course, they win four 0 against Crystal Palace. They have a, a big one coming up here against Borussia Dortmund midweek for Champions League. Now up to sixth place. Um, Eddie Howe has, has. We've talked about it. He had a little bit of a moment earlier in the season, but seems to have written the ship um, for Newcastle, and they seem to be kind of finding that form that they had last year. Yeah, they're they're praying right now. They thump
1: Crystal Palace. Um, you know, they as I I know you're not as much of the stats guy as I am um, when it comes to just like XG and things like that. But right now, as it stands, they're first and goals XG shot shots on target shot conversion rates and big chances scored. Um, so that's just kind of a testament to, to Eddie Howe and, and their attack with, you know, Isak and, and Almarone and, and all those other attacking players that I, I failed to mention there. And, you know, they always had a stout defense and they keep another clean sheet here um crystal palace i i didn't i expected to win but i didn't expect them to absolutely kill um crystal palace not really too worried about palace right now either um but you know nothing's better than a home win a comfortable home win uh before you kind of host a perennial european team like Borussia dortmund
0: yeah, of course. Crystal Palace kind of sit where they, you know, just to touch on them a little bit, sit probably where they're going to end up in in 13, 14th place. I don't think, like you mentioned, any real any real issue at the bottom. But um, you know, a team that you never you never want to put uh, light against. Uh, they can always surprise you. Of course, any Premier League team on any weekend can really take you out. But uh, not too much to really look at, other than you know, kind of just being being there and, and watching Roy. Uh, up and down the sideline Uh, I think he's about 80 years old now and just does not want to leave but uh you know I think Newcastle like like I said they've they've written the ship they've kind of found that form uh starting to progress and move up the table team that uh, on the flip side Daniel uh that has kind of still maintained but uh not necessarily finding uh great form um Manchester United who get the win against Sheffield United of course Sheffield uh sit bottom of the table with no wins uh, one point as a draw, but they um, they did not look good against against Sheffield. They had a, a tough start. Of course, we cannot uh, talk about Manchester United this week without talking about the passing of Sir Bobby Charlton, one of the greatest players to ever grace the football pitch. Uh, was part of the last World Cup winning team for England in 1966, Ballon d'Or winner. Um, so one of the greatest again, like I said, to ever play the play the sport. Uh, played for Manchester United for I believe 15 years, uh, and of course, like I mentioned, one of the greatest to to ever do it. So, uh, a somber day, somber weekend um, for them. Of course, they get a a, a big three points. though in his honor, uh, you know, again, like I mentioned, outplayed for the first 25 minutes. Scott McTominay comes and arguably saves a day, gets the opening opening goal, and then uh, you know Diego Delo with a with an absolute banger to win to win the three points for them. But uh, not a not a strong performance yet again for Manchester United. Yeah, they're kind of just skating skating by and they continue to do so. So it should be
1: interesting uh when they when they do play midweek. Um but yeah, I mean I'm I'm really happy for McTominay. He's been in just insane form for scotland uh qualified for the euros because he was one of the top scorers in the euro qualifiers and and that's what you want to see uh when i grew up and i I know when you as well um a little different um decades but but when i grew up it was sir alex ferguson and and the academy kids and that was the heart of manchester united And, and for the last decade or so since sir alex left they've put a less of an emphasis on academy and more on, you know, grabbing guys from different teams. And, and we've seen flop after flop after flop. And and it's good to see that Ten Hag has given McTominay a run of games. He he cares about this club probably, or one of the most, out of the squad. And so for him to kind of get rewarded, uh, you know, with the gaffer giving him the nod, that's, that's good to see. And then Deloitte him an absolute screamer. Couldn't believe it himself, so he had to check the pulse of the celebration um so yeah we'll we'll see i'm not
0: very high on manchester united at all um but you know three points to three points they continue to find ways to win uh one of my one of my really good friends uh friend of the show listens and, and talks with me regularly he knows who it is i don't need to call him out uh continues to just tell me I've got three points and i continue to tell him that's great Keep playing the way you're playing. Eventually, it'll catch up to you. Of course, they have the Manchester Derby this weekend. Uh, Good luck playing that way against Manchester City. Uh, That's going to be quite the battle to go into. Of course, they have a a big game against Copenhagen in the Champions League before that, who, you know, winless, uh, actually pointless to be more accurate in Champions League or Manchester United. So this is a huge, huge matchup for them uh, to try and advance out of the group. And then of course, like I said, the Manchester Derby on, on Sunday. So a huge week for Eric Ten Hag, not only from a, a points perspective, but play on the field. Um, you know, how is this going to, how is this ship going to look after this weekend is really going to, you know, start to kind of take shape for, for this team. But, uh, again, all they do is continue to win and, uh, and get three points and, uh, teams that aren't winning though, Daniel, there are a bunch of them. We've already taught it, touched about Sheffield who have not won yet. Uh, Bournemouth loses well to to Wolves. They have yet to win as well themselves. Uh, sit at three points with three draws. Brentford uh, took care of Burnley uh, three three nil as well. So they're in the bottom. A team that has moved out of the bottom, Daniel, um, is Luton Town. Uh, you love to see it. You would love to hear the story. Uh, if you haven't seen a, a match from played from Kenilworth Road, please check that out when they do have a home game. But I I don't know if anyone else remembers. Everyone was talking about how this team was going to be the worst team in Premier League history. They were never going to get above 11 points. And all they've done since then is getting a draw, a win and a draw. And now they're up to five points um, out of the relegation battle and, and sneaking up on Everton for maybe 16th place. So uh, an interesting battle at the bottom there, of course. I think it's safe to say, though, Burnley and Sheffield probably going to go down. Um, and then Bournemouth, can they get their act together? They've, you know, they've been in the Premier League for a couple of years now, but uh it'll be an interesting one to see what happens there.
1: Yeah, I mean shockingly bad how how bad the top or bottom four five ish are. And and we were kind of worried about Wolves and Everton earlier and they kind of stayed the ship since then. So, so it's really gonna be a battle between Burnley, Bournemouth. Sheffield and and Luton but hey I mean this is a testament to Luton the atmosphere that they have the fan support the club itself and especially the coach I mean he's working with scraps here and and Sheffield have been absolutely stomped so many times and Luton seems like they're in almost every single game they play so credit to them hope they keep doing it and kind of say fuck the haters.
0: Yeah, don't also uh, count on Everton. I know we've they're a little bit higher above, but uh, the next eight matches, if you look at their fixture list, is is really really difficult. Then they cap that out with a game at Burnley, so that's going to be a six pointer there. Um, but uh, a lot a lot of football to be played left. We'll see what happens. I Definitely agree with you. Those bottom three though are pretty pretty much who you'd expect. Uh, but uh, moving to the top end of another of another league though, as we try and transition from the dwellers of the sellers to the top of the top. Uh, Bayer Leverkusen. Uh, Daniel, continue their their top form in the Bundesliga. Uh, no floor inverts. No problem. They just continue to get those three points down. And uh, Frimpong strikes again. Their, their, their backs are just honestly, I don't know if it's shabby ball. I just don't know if it's just they're that good. I don't know if it's all of the above. But Leverkusen continue to keep rolling. Yeah, Frimpong and, and Grimaldo, like you said, this, you know,
1: I guess you could call it a uh, a five-three-two, or I guess it's kind of a kind of free-flowing, so it's hard to put you know that exact formation on it. But the the, the main flourishers of this uh, have been Grimaldo and Frompon because they just absolutely bomb forward and and kind of cross in the box, um, and and even get on the the goal sheet. So both outside backs with goals don't know the last time I saw that. Um, but yeah, they they're playing beautiful football. They have talent off the bench like adley who started today and kind of picked up where he left off he's been playing a lot in the the europa league and and hey xavi xavi Alonso hasn't lost the game this season um so he's just kind of showing his prowess and uh you know i hope they can keep winning and really make Bayern sweat this one out
0: yeah you mentioned they haven't lost a game yet of course there's two other teams that have not lost yet in the bundesliga uh three teams technically um That have not lost, which is Bayern Munich and Borussia Dortmund. Uh, Both of them still kind of in that battle. There sitting two points behind Bayern Leverkusen. Of course, the surprise is is Stuttgart. Um, You know they continue to maintain their second position with three points again. Of course, they do get some bad news though uh, with Garassi injured and looks to be out for a few weeks. So that's going to be an interesting time for stuttgart and seeing how long they can uh maintain that uh, another team that gets back on the winning ways is, is rb leipzig my my prediction to win the bundesliga is starting to kind of come uh, a little bit to the point where it might be too much too late or too little too late um currently sit four points back in in a league where you know Bayern munich's gonna obviously take uh you know a good run at some point here so high level again we're very early in all of these leagues uh, give you know, kind of, what is your take right now on on the Bundesliga top five? Let's call it um, to to bring Leipzig into the fold. Uh, you know, what what have you seen? Uh, can can Bayer Leverkusen keep this run going? Will Borussia Dortmund, of course, their uh, Klassiker is coming up soon here against uh, against Bayern Munich in a couple of weeks. Give us a, a lay of the land right now in the Bundesliga from your perspective. Yeah, I
1: I think Bayern Munich first. Leverkusen second maybe like a point or two behind and and then coming after that Borussia Dortmund and, and then Leipzig in fourth um, with fifth being Stuttgart even with a Garassi injury with 14 goals. Um, Dennis Undav, who's kind of come in late in games has kind of you know picked off where he left off Brighton uh, last season and he's looked pretty good so maybe he can fill that void. I don't know if he can fill the void as much as Garassi has but um, you know i mean he grassy went off pretty early after scoring that first goal and and they scored another two after so i i mean it's a testament to how good stuttgart have have kind of changed their way of play since since last season so that's kind of my top five how about you
0: yeah i think uh, you know there's you look at a team like hoffenheim who had a strong start starting to fall back a little bit of course eintracht frankfurt who who lost Kula Muani in in the summer, and that made a huge impact. You mentioned a few few episodes before a team like Wolfsburg, who, uh, you know, we all thought were going to be competitive. They've started to slip down as well and, and drop points. Uh, Freiburg, who've in the Europa League and and been kind of in that top five, I would say, the last couple of seasons, they're starting to. It's, it's it's an interesting time in the Bundesliga. I think the top four, again. Throw in RB Leipzig just for the sake of the argument for now because I think they end up in the top four with, uh, with Stuttgart maybe slipping a little bit, but I think that's your your real competitors. Um, Bayern Leverkusen can they continue to win? That's going to be the ultimate test. They got to keep winning in this league with with how good and how strong that Bayern Munich team is. So a lot of pressure on them week in week out. Can they do it? Of course they have the talent, they have the manager, they have the moxie, but it's it's still always going to be a, a Bayern Munich, uh, you know competition essentially who's going to take them out who's going to knock out the monster if you don't knock the monster out monster will always come and get you we've seen that with other teams and in, in tournaments before um that old saying and, and so for me it's still Bayern Munich although I would love to see a different team win it uh but uh, I think that's kind of what you're looking at now on the flip side of that uh we mentioned how bad the teams have been in the Premier League that got promoted this season the flip side is that these teams that have been promoted to Bundesliga uh, Dormstadt, Heidenheim uh, who was the third
1: it because dugart beat that's in, right that's in the right playoff.
0: yep in the playoff yep uh, they've they've been fantastic Daniel um, as far as promotion teams and and they're pretty clear right now of course there's a team that is almost in free fall uh, Union Berlin who were the the darling last year and they sit in you know fourth from the bottom uh, what a story that this could end up being where a Hottenheim or a Darmstadt is is higher in the table than Union Berlin
1: yeah very surprising and it only gets worse when they have Champions League ball they will crash out so that might you know help them but they've really struggled and, and they do have some talent on that team so maybe the the coach is on the hot seat here and, and that could help a change in, in coach and kind of reignite the boys but uh I mean with a historic club and a great story uh, I would not I would not want them to be relegated so i'm 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 rooting for them but uh i think it does get worse for them um midweek against napoli
0: yeah we mentioned uh their stadium again one of those fantastic arenas and and uh venues in in all of sport and in european sport like i mentioned for Kenilworth road so if you haven't seen a home game for union berlin try and check that out whether that's in person or on television of course another place that is um iconic and and one of the the Cathedrals of football. Daniel is the Bernabeo, uh, where Real Madrid play, and uh, they had an interesting weekend this weekend against the Sevilla team, who uh, you know had a, a former Real Madrid star on their roster, uh, and Sergio Ramos, of course, and uh, got into a little bit with with Vinny Jr. and stirred it up. Of course, typical. Wouldn't be a, a a game with Sergio Ramos if there wasn't some kind of altercation or red card no red card in this case but uh they get the they get a draw against Sevilla uh which is a pretty big um it's gonna happen they weren't gonna win every single game uh they they drop points here Barca wins and so they close the gap there El Clasico is coming up on the weekend uh after the the Champions League games for both teams uh thoughts on on of course you know there's other teams that we'll get to here in a second but those two are the two teams I think that you know, push the needle in La Liga and are are the teams that you, you always think about. Uh, what are your thoughts going into El Clasico? I, we'll definitely cover it on Thursday as well. Uh, for those of you that weren't listening, we'll have a, a preview show on Thursdays going forward, which will give you predictions and, and Daniel's best bets. So we'll cover that more in depth, but just thoughts on, on the weekend's matches for both these teams. And then of course, going into that one on, thir- on Sunday.
1: Absolutely. And,
0: you know, I was... Sevilla kind of we
1: were kind of We were kinda worried about Sevilla at the you know first five, six weeks of the season and they've kind of bounced back since then. And this is a huge result for them, especially at home. Um getting getting the win. It it was a scrappy win. Uh, Real Madrid probably should have should have won. I'm surprised there wasn't like a ninety-seventh minute Bellingham winner. Um, but you know, it's not the worst thing. A point's a point for for Madrid here and and it's going to be interesting they also are struggling with injuries so their their bench looks very light um kind of like Barca's did so this El Clasico might not be the you know the most star studded El Clasico we've seen in, in recent years but it still is always a a great fixture to watch and to enjoy and and maybe some stars kind of come back to health before this it's going to be a lot of game time decisions for both and and it should be interesting um do you have any other commentary in regards to the Madrid Sevilla fixture?
0: It, it was an interesting one. I think to your point, I was expecting Jude to put on his cape um, and get them the three points, especially you know the way he the form he's been in. Uh, but again, like I mentioned, you know Sevilla they're they're moving slowly up the table and uh, you know getting points here and there. Of course, they have a game in hand on everybody, along with uh, Atletico Madrid for their game being canceled earlier in the season. But, you know, it's, it was going to always be a fight um, that, that Sevilla are have been perennial teams in, in La Liga and always given everyone a, a good contest. I think the bigger story for me um, is the Barcelona three points, the way that they grabbed that against athletic Bilbao and, and got a, you know, a, an 80th minute, 80th minute winner again. It seems like all they do is kind of find a way to to put up three points in the end. Uh, and of course it was from a 17 year old who had his second touch, literally his second touch and the ball goes in the back of the net. So, okay. uh, it, you know, how, how, how was this going to evolve going forward? You're talking about a 16 year old and you'll mean the mall. You're talking about a 17 year old and Mark guy. You're talking about an 18. I think he's 19 now. And, and Gavi. Pedri is not even 21 yet. I mean, you're looking at a bunch of youngsters on Barcelona that are really kind of taking over. And uh, and you mentioned earlier about uh, Manchester United and 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 the academy kids, and of course Barcelona and La Masia is known to be, you know, producing kids left and right. And and you're starting to see that again. I think part of it was the the financial situation that Barcelona is in, but also recognition of saying, hey, we gotta get back to our roots. And it's a it's a good one to see, and uh, they're moving up the table, and, and it's going to be an interesting El Clasico, uh, no doubt about it. Like, like I said, we'll cover that more on Thursday, but uh, a, a really really interesting time in La Liga. Uh, a team that is is the real deal, though. That's behind them is Athletic Madrid. Uh, I mentioned that I think that they still are the sleeper team to win this league. They they're two points behind Barcelona, three points behind Real Madrid, with a game in hand right now. Uh, like I mentioned before, so they're you know they're right there. Um, and, and you know what you're going to get for them. Uh, they come out of a, a really hard fought game against Saltavigo Vigo and get, and get that win. Um, and so it's an, it's going to be, you know, a fight to the finish here, uh, in, in La Liga, um, for the long run. Absolutely. And,
1: and like you said that Barca's three points, that was, that was gigantic. I mean, they, they leaned on the kids big and, uh, the kids have delivered. Um, I mean, I just don't know how much how much longer they can keep doing that for. So
0: that's the thing, right? Is mean, how long can they do yeah. it? I and mean, that's that's really what you're looking at. You know, how long can they hold the fort down until Lewandowski comes back and De Young and uh, Pedri, of course, is more of a seasoned player, I would say. But still, Rafinha, uh, who who else? Or I mean, in the back, Koundé, uh Rajo, You're looking at it You know. Key players that they're that they're that are down. Of course, yeah Felix steps in, and Yao Cancelo comes in, and they've looked great. But uh it's going to be, you know, how long can Xavi finesse this magic?
1: Yeah, and credit credit to Xavi. Um, there's been question marks every once in a while um about him as a manager, and he kind of was the one who brought Barca back to to the top, and they won the league last year. So he's done a phenomenal job and has earned that extension that he got uh, a couple weeks ago, and. And you mentioned Atletico Madrid, uh, they, they just keep, keep winning. And Simeone, another contract extension for him, uh, almost over a decade now and Griezmann with a hat trick, he's just in dazzling form. And I hope he can keep it up because I would love for him to be the top scorer in La Liga this year. That'd be great. Especially, you know, kind of flopping at Barca and people were asking, Hey, is, is his career on the, on decline and for, for, for France and, Madrid, he's been fantastic.
0: Yeah, and, and there's one team that we haven't talked about, but and I want to get to them here right now, real quick. Is Girona. You know, we talked about whether they're going to keep up with the with the pace, and and they seem to be the real deal right now, Daniel. The other thing that's in their favor, I think, from a top four perspective, is you're starting to see a gap from the top four to to fifth and down, right? Like I mentioned, Atletico Madrid has a game in hand, and they currently sit four points ahead of Real Sociedad in fifth, arguably, you know, Barcelona six points. So that's two games essentially that that would have to be covered from Real Sociedad and anybody else below them. And so Girona, yes, it's a great story. We, we questioned whether or not they were going to make it all the way through. It's still early uh, only 10 games played, but, um, right now not only are they playing well and and they're doing what they need to on the pitch but the the table is helping them as well uh, to be a, a really really big story going forward and I think European football for this squad would be an unbelievable way to cap out um, you know what they're building there and, and we talked about them being part of the city football group and, and everything that they have behind them so um, they could theoretically finish in the top four here I don't think it would be much of a surprise at this point uh, the way that like, way, the way that things are setting up for them yeah, and it's an indictment of of City
1: Footballing Group and and how you know how good they've they've been. Um just perennial winners. Um so you know, they go down 2-0 early and and you even said, Oh, Girona, they're done. And and you know what they did 15 minutes later, they go and score five unanswered to, to finish the game five two. Dubrovnik, the Ukrainian striker, has just been magnificent this season. They have Savio, a winger who kind of struggled last year in Ligue 1. Um, but has really bounced back and been one of the best wingers in La Liga. And they have a couple of uh, Barca rejects who have really stepped up their game since leaving Barcelona. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm all here for it. It's a, it's a great story and, and I hope they can keep it up.
0: We would call that the guest curse, by the way, for those listening. Uh, of <laughs> course, like Daniel said, I said, Oh boy, this looks bad. And then five unanswered goals. Uh, we didn't mention this earlier, but also did this in the Chelsea match where I said we are absolutely back after being up 2 0 and what happens? We lose. Well, lose that lead, end up with a draw. So, uh, just for those of you that were wondering why Matt never gets in involved with the best bets or is considered himself a cooler, those are two prime examples right there, and that never, never disappoints and never fails every time. That is the case. So, um, yeah, totally agree with you. I think it's gonna be it's gonna be fun to watch them continue. Uh, you know, another league that. Is starting to take shape as we mentioned before but you're also starting to see a little bit of separation from the top three in this instance uh is a syria ah we had a, a big one daniel not only from the league's perspective but also from our perspective as, as americans which was ac milan versus Juve. You had four american starters in this one uh greg Burhalter, take this for what it's worth was there to watch the game of course uh but ac milan do give up the the points, all three points to Juve who get a, a one-nil win off a Lucatelli goal. Are we sleeping on Juve? I know we've talked about this and we, we haven't really made a decision yet, but is it time that we take Juve serious as they currently sit third place, one point behind Milan now, two points behind Inter.
1: Yeah, it seems that way, unfortunately, and and they just grind out wins they don't they don't win. They rarely win comfortably, uh, but Allegri they continue ball. to win. Allegri ball just is gross, and I, I hate watching it. Um, but, you know, Malik Tall with with a tough red card pretty early in this match kind of made this a stinker, and I think that Milan probably could have gotten something from this game if, if that didn't happen, but, hey, it did. And, unfortunately, Kristen Pulisic was was hooked shortly after, Um you know, I'd like to say that's the Greg Berhalter curse of him being in, in attendance. Um, but yeah, they, they continue to win and Moise Keen was the one who drew it and they need goals from him that they want to keep winning. Um, Cause Vlahovic has been and Kiesa are the, are the two they've been really leaning on, but you'd like to see him kind of get, get into the goals. And, and he did draw the red card. So, so credit to him on that, but he did miss a sitter as well. So Milan are are hopefully going to bounce back uh, midweek. Uh, they do play PSG. Not going to be a fun game for them, or uh, maybe it, maybe it will be. I, I have no idea what that group of death. Um, but you, you know, you you obviously wouldn't like to lose two in a row. So we'll, we'll see midweek how how they respond and and enter. You know, we talked about a duo uh, in in the Premier League with with Son and Madison. The Marcus Turum and Lataro Martinez duo continues to flourish and just bang in goals for inter. They went uh, pretty easily three one here and and topped the group after AC Milan flip up. Any any commentary? I know you predicted uh, Latura as your top school score, so you're looking pretty good on that one.
0: Yeah, just a big result for them. of course, you know when when Milan lose uh, and they take advantage of it, of course the, the Derby. Uh, Milan Derby a few weeks ago where they got absolutely thrashed so you're, you're looking for every advantage you can to, to leapfrog and this could be one of those leagues where it just goes back and forth, back and forth depending on the week and uh, right now Inter go top. You mentioned that duo up top and and Marcus Turam who's just a superstar in the making, of course, had uh, has the pedigree and and you know the the legend of his father behind him and uh, you know really stepping up his brother as well. Don't don't sleep on his brother as well. So you know got those genes across across that Turam family and uh, Latura Martinez who just continues to put the ball in the net. It seemed like he was having a little bit of a trouble there for a minute, and then he scores four one game off the bench and uh, and then continues to just put the ball in the back of the net. I mentioned it's a team or it's a league that, um, you know, the top three are kind of separating themselves uh, a little bit. Uh, a team like Napoli being, you know, right behind. Of course, they, they get a win. Uh, back to their winning ways. I'm not even going to pronounce the the Georgian's name. It's not even going to be pretty for my pronunciation. So we'll just call him KK. Uh, he gets back into form. Of course, Osman is not playing for them, but was it a little bit too late for them? Of course, they had a, they had a rough start to begin. All the issues with with Rudy Garcia and and everything that happened there, and um, you know, just where where does Napoli sit in this in this mix? Uh, of course, the winners of of the Serie A last season and and only really five points back from from the top, but it feels like it's just too much to to of a hurdle to catch both both of or either of the Milan teams. And now you throw in Juventus, who weren't really part of the mix last season. Where 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 do they where does Napoli fit for you in this in this puzzle? I think they can definitely still get top four. Um, Rudy Garcia needed a a win here bad because
1: over the international break we saw. Uh, a couple reports saying that De Laurentiis, who's the uh, president of the club was interviewing Conte and, and Graham Potter and kind of flirting with the idea of, of already getting rid of them. So they kind of, they're, they're going to go in and, and not have Osimhen, but, but get back to winning ways with a nice three, one, win and Simeone, uh, Giovanni Simeone, not Diego, his, uh, his father uh, was, Able to, to get on the score sheet. Matteo Politano also was able to get on the score sheet. And then about Shelia or KK for short, like you said. Uh got I'll two let goals you take and, that one. I'll
0: let <laughs> you take that pronunciation all day.
1: And uh he needed that. He he's been pretty poor uh to start the season. So maybe this kind of starts Napoli to, to kind of get in firing and, and maybe they can you know test inter it's still early in the season, so uh, it's it's I can Confidently, count them out of the title. But when it comes to you know top three, there's a small shot they can still challenge.
0: Yeah, and I think you know you mentioned top three or, or even top four for for European spots with with them. Um, there's a there's a great battle going on, Daniel. You know, Fiorentina uh, in fifth, Atalanta in sixth, both you know right on the heels of Napoli for that fourth position. Fiorentina actually tied with Napoli for on 17 points. And don't look now, Daniel. There's a team in seventh place. As managed by a man named Jose Mourinho, and that's AS Roma, who have climbed up the table now, only three points back from a, from a you know Champions League spot. Um, it's an interesting battle right now in the in in Syria uh, for that fourth position, fourth through seven, uh, you know, fourth through six essentially, which gets European qualification. Uh, so it's an interesting battle, but it's hard for me to see anyone jumping the two Milan teams up top. Like I said before. Um, so it's just a you know it's kind of a it's kind of a fight for like I said that mid that mid uh, or second uh, reward I guess you would say, uh, but a, a team that is also not uh, at the top of the table, which we thought we're going to be fighting, and and they certainly are fighting, uh, is PSG Daniel. They're currently third place, Mbappe looks to be back in form, um, but Monaco and Nice still continue to. Kind of give them a challenge at the top there. And, and Monaco sitting currently atop the table with 20 points. Nice in second place with 19. Uh, PSG, like I said, third place. So are we going to have a, a race here in Liga or is PSG going to eventually just kind of move and maybe, maybe a little bit slower this season than normal? But are they going to slowly move their way to the top and then take off away and, and kind of drive into the sunset? Yeah. I mean, without Mbappe, maybe they they
1: won't win it but if if gillian stays healthy most of the season then i think unfortunately they will eventually go clear probably by you know safe say fe- february um but hey monaco stayed top three absolute wonder goals in this game you got one from channeling his inner david beckham um and scores from uh past the halfway line and then uh alexander Golubin, the the russian midfielder scores a beautiful free kick as well as an outside the box banger. So, um, you know, they, they keep winning. Um, and then you got Nice who, who grind out a, a tough, tough game against Marseille, um, 35 year old manager, uh, Fagioli, Fagioli, something like that. Um, and he's actually a, uh, Desderby disciple, um, a story. I'd definitely check it out if I was, uh, you all listeners, uh, how De and him met. It was over an article that uh, Fagioli wrote. Um, and deserve was like, this guy, this guy makes a lot of sense. So they started talking about football
0: 24-7, and, and now he's got his own gig at Nice. And you mentioned Nice beating Marseille, who, you know, kind of we expected them to be in a much better place than they were. Of course, they have a new manager in Gattuso taking over there, and they currently sit eighth in the table, which is very surprising for marseille especially with the hype and everything that they had going on but uh an interesting time and if you look down the table further down uh lance who play in champions league on on tuesday uh currently sitting 15th and then uh lyon who uh, we've talked about on this pod before currently the the bottom dwellers of of liga which is very surprising given their history and um, how important they've been to liga in the past and um you know a transition daniel to Another unfortunate story of teams at the bottom, and, and this one is not a small story by any means. We've touched on it the last couple of weeks, and it, it really has come to a head now, um, is Ajax, Daniel. Ajax, uh, one of the most prestigious clubs in world football, regardless of what you think of the Eredivisie. Uh, just the, the nature and the history behind this, this club, the players that they've had over the years, uh, the, the importance that it has not only for Eredivisie, but for, for Dutch football in general. And they currently sit in 17th place daniel only five points on the year and and lose against 16th place utrecht on the weekend um we talked about the fans and and abandonment of games and and you alluded to it at some point a couple weeks ago that the manager was probably going to get fired and and that ultimately came to a head today um maurice stein gets gets let go by the club and uh, this is a really really dire situation for ajax and are we looking at one of the most prestigious clubs going down in a league that really they should be and have been uh, dominating over the last, uh, as long as I've watched football. So I, I don't know. I don't know if there's a bigger story if they go down than than this. Yeah. I don't, I don't think they'll go down, but they're,
1: they're sure as hell not going to be top four, top five uh, of the air to VC. And with the, with the coach, you'd hope they get the new coach bounce and, and That gets them on winning ways. They are still winless without Mo Kudus, and I, I imagine they will make some some signings in January to steady the ship. Um, so, not what you want to see. This this bad season could be pretty catastrophic for their finances. So, they might not be as good as people want them to be. Uh, you know, long longer term, like two three years out. Um, so maybe you see a PSV, and then. AZ Alkmaar and Fineord kind of take Ajax's spot as a perennial top three, and we'll we'll keep you updated with that with that story as as it kind of goes on this season.
0: Yeah, you mentioned uh, PSV and and AZ Alkmaar and Feyenoord. Of course, all three teams win this weekend. PSV sits atop the table, twenty seven points. AZ currently second with 25 and, and Feyenoord with 23. So an interesting little battle that they've got going on there. Of course, Air Eredivisie has been pretty competitive uh, the last couple of seasons as well. So it'll be an interesting one. And, and again, we'll keep you posted on this story from, from Amsterdam and Ajax and, and what happens there. Uh, you know, we're not reporting anything. We're not reporters by any main, but uh, just kind of, you know, you keep a little thought out there and who knows if things go bad at, uh, depending on who, and when Amsterdam fill that role, uh, depending on how things continue to unfold, that Manchester could, Eric Ten Hag, consider going back and, and being the savior to his old club. Again, nothing concrete or anything written about that, just more of a, a thought in my head. And, and could that be a, a way out, essentially, for Eric Ten Hag to, to get out of the the issues that have been going on and, and everything that's been around Manchester United. So uh, we'll keep that going and we'll keep you posted. But uh, one of the things, as we mentioned before, with with our new show on Thursdays uh, where we'll be covering the previews and and more focused on Daniel's best bets, of course, this week being a little different with Champions League and Europa League on, on Tuesday through Thursday. Uh, we'll have some more time to cover a few other leagues. Uh, one of the leagues that we do want to cover, which is uh, close to home, close to our hearts uh, here in the States, is, is MLS, of course. Uh, we had Decision Day on Saturday, which was a huge, huge Uh, day for for MLS football everyone play at the same time Uh, east coast games and then western conference games Uh, a lot of nail biters a lot of teams uncertain what was going to happen to their fate if you were on the bubble Uh, but Daniel there are games to be played on Wednesday for the play-ins essentially a wild card game one one play in game Uh, so in the east coast you'll have Charlotte FC versus NY Red Bull Uh, follow and check out Charlotte soccer show for all things around this one. Those guys are two of the best in the business. They cover everything around Charlotte FC and they'll get you ready for that one. If you're a a Charlotte FC fan or even a a New York red bull fan Uh, in the Western conference, you'll have Kansas city uh, perennial team that uh, usually makes the playoffs and they squeaked in at the last day beating Minnesota and they'll take on San Jose earthquake in their play-in game. Uh, The two winners of these two games respectively We'll take on Cincinnati in the East and St. Louis in the West, the two top seeds for their respective conferences. And then you have a full slate of playoff games as well for, for the rest of the playoffs and MLS. They are best of three, Daniel, uh, which was something I found out today. So uh, an interesting dynamic there, best of three for MLS. Of course, why would we do either single elimination or aggregate? We well, have like a to be series? Different. It's a series, best of three series, uh, playing games or, or one single elimination on Wednesday and then you go into playoffs. So uh typical, typical us uh, playoff system, you know, got to keep it regular. I don't know if I'm with that, but me uh, neither. We'll find I, out. We'll find I, out. I,
1: I do have to ask you real quick. I know you're not as much of a Charlotte FC fan, but you're from New York. That would make you a a
0: Red Bulls fan, right? Oh, God, please don't say that ever again. (laughs) No, I am a New York City FC fan, sir. Unfortunately, we did not have a good decision day go our way. We were one of the teams that could have been. But no, I will never let you tell me that or never (laughs) let you put that on my name. Uh, I am a founding member of NYCFC, thank you very much. Uh, We had season tickets for a long time, but uh, a poor year for us, Uh, MLS champions. A couple years ago, it's been a little bit fall from grace, but it's okay. Uh, With that being said, though, we did cover a lot for you guys. On the other side of the break here, we'll have our XI of the week, our players of the week. And then, of course, like I alluded to, there are some Champions League games and Europa League games on Tuesdays through Thursday. So Daniel will give you his best bets there uh and again in the meantime you can join the conversation and and, uh tag along with us on x at full-time roundup tell us what we missed tell us what you guys have been seeing anything of course there's so many games out there we're trying to cover as much as we can for you guys also download the podcast wherever you get your podcast leave us a five-star rating and a follow that would be great it goes a long way and like i said on the other side of the break we'll have some more soccer for you so we'll be right back And we're back, Daniel, uh, one of our favorite segments as he catches me in the middle of a laugh from the previous comment. If you didn't listen to our previous segment, Daniel told me I was a New York City Red Bull fan. Um, This podcast may never exist again after this episode for that comment. Just kidding. But uh, no, definitely a New York City FC fan. Uh, There was a joke uh, that maybe we were as bad as Ajax, another segment that we talked about here on the pod, but uh, it's okay. We'll... We'll still lift our trophy. We still have one star above our, our crest. Maybe Charlotte will get that one day. We'll see. But I digress. Daniel, one of our favorite segments on the show is our XI of the week. We love – again, we do this for you guys. We also do it for ourselves. We just love watching the games. We love watching the star players stand out and show off what they can do. Uh, the, the Some of the most talented players in the world that you're watching across all the leagues that we watch. So um, we do this every week for you guys. We give you our starting eleven. Again, just to recap it for those of you who are new here, we give you one goalkeeper, three defenders, four midfielders, and three forwards. Most of the time we are looking for star players that either contributed or scored, but also sometimes there's just a player that stood out um, that controlled the game and, and needs to be included as a part of our XI. So, um, Daniel, I'll I'll start us off this week. I know last week you started us off, so I'll get us started here. Uh, in goal, we have Unai, Simone, um, from Athletic Bilbao who had six saves really kept, uh, Bilbao in this one against Barcelona could have been uh, a lot worse. Of course, Mark Andres Terstegen did as well, but, uh, Unai really kind of kept, kept them in the game, a, a one nil win for Barcelona, but could have been worse, uh, in the back, uh, Danny Carvajal who had a goal for Real Madrid, the, the tying goal, um, in their one, one draw against Sevilla. Diego Delo, who had the game winner for Manchester United, an absolute screamer of a finish. Uh, so he's on the list here. And uh Gert Rita from Flyenord, who also got a goal for, for them in their wins. So uh, again, in this instance, defenders who get goals, it's almost automatic. They're on the list here. Uh, and that's our back line and goalkeeper. And then Daniel will take us home on the upfront players. So for for midfielders, first off, we got Ederson plays for atalanta he's
1: been kind of on my radar this year he, he started off the season hot and he's scored now in, in back-to-back games so had to have him on the list uh number two we have douglas louise aston villa penalty and in another goal two goals so hey, if you're a center defensive midfielder and you're on the score sheet twice you, you must have had a hell of a game um i mentioned him earlier gullivan for for monaco two goals kind of carried monaco to the finish line to keep them top of the table gotta love a a clutch performance and that free kick was a thing of beauty um but i can't really tell which goal is better honestly both were from outside the box and he 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 has a habit of doing that and then fourth uh goretzka one goal one assist was left off the german national team was probably pretty pissed um and kind of responded great with with those with that kind of performance. So, and then from uh, for, for our forwards, we have Kingsley Coman one goal. He's just been in lightning form for France and Bayern as of late. Most law a brace and a derby. That's that's gonna be a lock right there for an the XI of the week. And then Chris Wood. Hasn't been on the score sheet too much this season, but scored uh, the first two goals in, in the Nottingham Forest game. Unfortunately, it was not enough, but he did put them up 2-0 before they gave up that lead. Now, Matt, I would love to hear your player of the week.
0: Yeah, we mentioned to uh, mentioned him a little earlier in the show. Um my player of the week is Ollie Watkins. Uh he's been in fantastic form. He got a, another goal this week, but just the way that he carries himself on the pitch, the way that um Aston Villa are playing through him and, and and had a couple other opportunities in this game to really add add to that tally. Um for me, you know, we mentioned just his his meteoric rise in the last couple of seasons. Um he's a baller. Um you really can't say much else and he's showing it off right now and so he's my player of the week. I know Daniel you went more for Flash, we didn't include this player on our XI of the week, and 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 mainly because you chose him as the player of the week. But this guy has just been, and I'm not gonna, I don't need to tee him up anymore for you. He's been fantastic, Uh, maybe the best player in the world for arguably 18 months now, in my opinion. I
1: that's not that hot of a take, Um, but yeah, Antoine Griezmann, hat trick hero for Atletico Madrid um, to kind of keep them in that top three uh it hasn't i think it's some crazy sad about him and not missing any games for france uh within the calendar year or something like that and he continues to carry Co madrid as well um so it was a pretty easy decision here and i'm sure he's gonna be on the xi of the week a, a few more times before this year ends for my for my young player of the week uh it is a name we have not mentioned before both of us have a name that we haven't mentioned before but mine is brahan gruda 19 years old german international um you know played for mines was a center attacking mid-ish for for mines against Bayern, and, and boy did he have a great performance hit the post kind of late um but i was just very impressed with with his talent and haven't really, he hasn't been on my radar. So he kind of caught me by surprise, but, uh, Matt, I'll, I'll, uh, tee you off for, for yours here.
0: Uh, these, these, what can we say? These kids just continue to impress us week in week out across all, all of Europe. But Barcelona just has the kids that continue to impress the most. Uh, Laminya mall has been one of the players I've continually put on my young player of the week. This week, it's Mark Guy, 17-year-old, gets the game winner. Literally his second touch off the bench. Um, what else can you say? I mean, 17 years old and, and a huge, important moment. Not, We're not talking about a third or fourth-tier league here, Daniel. This is Barcelona, and they needed these three points to continue to, to keep in La Liga title run, and, and this kid shined at 17 years old. So, again, two very, very young, talented players that we've identified uh, this has been a fun segment for me, finding the young players of the week each week, and and just seeing how talented the world of football is, and and what's coming up. Especially, uh, you know, we've seen players like Messi and Ronaldo and um, and, and Neymar kind of sunset and and kind of uh, pass their prime, and uh, we were we were a little concerned, of course, of what was going to come behind. But the future is very bright um, for for the world of football. We're not even talking about Kylian Mbappe. We're talking about kids that aren't even old enough to drive yet. So, um, it'll be, you know, continue a segment that we'll continue to to do for you guys. And again, if you see anybody that you have just that stands out, um, let us know, uh, again, you can follow us and be part of the conversation on X at full-time roundup. Another part of, uh, being a listener and, and follower on X is you get to hear from the man himself on how to take Vegas's money week in week out. Of course, that is Daniel's best bets. Uh, like i mentioned we'll have a new show on thursday that'll recap and give you more uh, more bets going forward but of course we had to recap what daniel did this past weekend and then we do have champions league and europa league football this week so without further ado drum roll please for the man daniel take us home
1: that is a great intro man your kind words are are appreciative and and uh, this year or this week was, was decent. It wasn't, it wasn't horrible. We, we ended up kind of going almost basically even um, would have been nice to, you know, win a couple. So we could, I could have picked up a, a tab at the bar with that money. But uh, so I'll just kind of recap what we had. So for the mortal lock, we had Madrid money line, unfortunately that uh, did not hit. Um but hey, we're gonna, we're gonna get it back. And for the parlay, it did cash. Um, Girona, Liverpool, City, and Bayern money line plus 250. Nice little little parlay there. Um, and then for best bets, over three and a half City Brighton, uh, Stuttgart, Union, Berlin over two and a half, Monaco Metz over three was a push, and over three bonus bet of Wolfsburg, Leverkusen, or a push. So for the record, two and five on mortals going to keep cleaning up here for some reason it's not not where we want it to be but but we're going to get there um for best bets, 21 12 and four uh four being pushes so still a really good winning record there and and a, a six for seven on parlay so that's been the most profitable part of the business here and we're up 23 and a half units so 0.5 less than than last week but i have some winners for you for champions league in Europa League. Um, so, my mortal, Atletico Madrid money line. Um, they are away at Celtic, but Celtic are very bad. Atletico Madrid are very good. I, for almost even odds, um, I took Lazio against Celtic last week or a couple weeks ago, and it paid off for me. So, I think Atletico Madrid is going to get it done for us. For the parlay, um, we have Liverpool versus. Liverpool money line against Toulouse, city money line, Napoli money line against the struggling Union Berlin and Leipzig versus Severna um, plus two point plus like two twenty five odds. Uh, still not as juicy um, as I would like it, but uh, I think this one is free money. And then for the best bets, um, over three and a half, you might be able to get three point two five uh, for Bayern Galatasaray both teams are pretty, pretty attacking and, and Galatasaray has, it's been in, pretty impressive in champions league. So I think they'll at least get one and this, this should sail over, um, over three for IX and Brian, IX are just really bad at the back right now, Brighton and need to win pretty bad here. And, and I think this game might, you know, have five, six, seven goals, um, over three Marseille in Athens. Um, I again think this. I think Aboubakar is going to get two here at least, and in Athens we'll we'll probably grab one late with with like a maybe Ismael Um Kind of kind of late to cash this over three over. I think we're not going to really have to sweat this game at all. And and then last but not least, which is the bonus bet that I won't post on Twitter, but it'll be here for you. The uh, listeners of the pod is United verse. Copenhagen over three United's back lines. Awful Casemiro will not be playing. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see who Byron start um, in the midfield. And, and they've been pretty leaky all year. So I, I'm pretty confident about this one as well. Bucket.
0: Well, Daniel, uh, I know we mentioned it last episode that we were anticipating and ready for it to be back. It felt good to have games back. Of course, we mentioned some of the games that are upcoming already in your best bets. Uh, that'll be here tomorrow. Um, and then they go. the games run through Thursday. And then we're back to domestic games on Friday. So it was a nice break, but um, it never ends. It feels like it never ends. Uh, of course, like I mentioned a few times, we'll have a, another show, a prediction show for you on Thursday. Uh, and if you miss any of daniel's best bets you'll be able to at least get um, some domestic games for for the weekend there Uh, but if you need the the champions league games those will be on x you can follow us there at full-time roundup or if you just listen back to this episode uh, feel free to to do that as well or any episode that we have they're all available for you on wherever you get your podcast don't forget to download subscribe and leave us a five-star rating and we will see you back on friday